Um, I want to turn to, uh, if, you don't, if you have your device, you just want to look over uh, at the screen there. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Can you say, by the Spirit? And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But uh, if you are led by the Spirit, say that please, led by, I'm sorry, I don't mean it to be like Sesame Street, but just kind of bear with me here, okay? You are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, disagreements and conflicts, I put those two words in a little different there, but I thought they fit a little bit different, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who um, live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sorry, can you say kingdom of God with me? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's like baptism, right? We crucify it. We say we do. It's there. We're believing God. But it's, it's not always that easy, is it? You know, it's gone, you know, when I gave my heart to the Lord. Boom, it's all gone. I don't have any more problems. I don't think any crazy thoughts. I levitate and float wherever I go. God is good because all of my passions and desires of the flesh are gone. Since we live by the Spirit, please say that with me, live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then chapter 6, verse 8. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, say that please, please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That's a mouthful. It's a lot to read. It's very inspirational, but it's not always easy to follow through in. Yet possible. Yet possible. Now, what is the Spirit? What is, it? what is the Spirit here, okay, here in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6? Well, He is the third part of the Trinity. He is co-equal with the Father and the Son. They are one together, the Trinity. The Spirit has the personality and the character of God. He represents the personality and the character of God. He, he, he brings that into focus for us. Um, He's the way that God feels. He's the way that God thinks. And he's the way that God decides things. I decide to go this way. I decide to do it because I think it's going it's to benefit me. And I like it. It may not be the thing that God necessarily is deciding that you get involved in. Right? Nonetheless, you don't mind doing it. Anybody who says that sin is not pleasurable is either angelic or a liar. One or the other. Sin is pleasurable, and the enemy made it that way. But it does have its destruction, obviously. The Spirit emphasizes how God works and then how God moves in power. This college was built on the person of Jesus Christ, 
the redemption that he provides on the cross through the power of the Holy Spirit of God throughout the world and domestically as well. The Spirit is in absolute direct conflict with the desires of the flesh, and it's supposed to be. All of us have desires of the flesh, and they don't all have to be those, you know, sexually perverted things. They can be other things. We're going to get into those. By the way, the flesh has no guardrails. You ever drive? I used to, uh, I lived on the eastern shore of Maryland, and we had uh, the Chesapeake Bay. There's a Chesapeake Bay Bridge, which is in Virginia, going toward Norfolk. Then there's a Chesapeake, Chesapeake Bay, Bay Tunnel, rather. Then there's a Chesapeake Bay Bridge. They're both long tunnels. I think the, 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 the tunnel is, uh, is, is longer, though. And uh, guardrails. It's really interesting. When I ride across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, I never get, never even come close to the guardrails. Never. Remember the Sanders? Huh? You remember? You never get close to it. You know you're a good seven, eight feet from it. Take those guardrails down and then go over that bridge. Would you want to do it? <laughs> right. Uh, you might, you might, you might go, because, but the brain kind of tends to go to the right and to the left. And if you go, brother, you're going to be driving like this. Because where there's guardrails, you feel safer. Where there are no guardrails, you freak out. It's just the way it is. Guardrails when you're driving the highway, snowy things around here. I remember you'd have these snow out, blackouts, blows, snow, whatever they call these things at night. And, uh, and, I, and, and if you, you got to just kind of look to the right and look to the line or something and try to stay within the boundaries. Because uh, how many have ever been driving in a, what do you call it, a snow blackout, blackout or something? A whiteout. A whiteout. <laughs> blackout. Snow is white. Thank you very much. Okay, so I did when I was a student here, and it freaked me out coming from Avon to Lima, and we had a couple students, some you know people with us, and and uh, I, I said I don't know. Where, remember that, Debbie? I don't know where I'm going. We had a little kid. That's when you can put kids right on the floorboard. You didn't have car seats then. We didn't have any. We didn't have a mind. You can just put the car, the kids right on the floorboard. You almost step on them. There they are. Tony, you stepped on the kid. He'll move over. He'll move it to the left. Don't worry about it. And I couldn't see. It was at night, and I I couldn't see nothing. It was like Star Wars. All this snow coming at me to the right and to the left. I saw nothing but white. And remember Dick Trice. So Dick Trice was with me. I said, Dick, stick your head out of the window and tell me where I'm going. I couldn't even see in the front. Well, Dick's kind of bald, and he just had a, and he said, well, well, and he wore glasses. And he said, well, okay, and I had an orange Volkswagen station wagon. I pulled that thing down, you know. You could act, you had to actually crank the windows down then, okay. And then you cranked them down, and he's going, oh, yeah, 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 a little to the left, a little to the right, yeah, 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 a little to the Fred, I don't even know where I'm going. No, so I don't know where I'm going. He's got his head out the window, and he doesn't even know where he's going either. Nobody knows where anybody's going. And, and, but yet, if there's, every once in a while, they had these uh, little things near the uh, uh, fire hydrants. They just stick up these little poles, and I knew right then I'm, I'm okay. If I can see one of those things, I'm, I'm at least not going to go over the embankment. No guardrails. The flesh has no guardrails. The flesh has no stop signs. The flesh has no traffic signs. It has no constraints in it whatsoever. There are no restrictions with the flesh. None. If given in to them. The flesh lives for one reason and one reason only, and that is to please itself. 
to please us. Now, that doesn't say that you can't enjoy a movie or you can't enjoy some time. or you can, We had a good time Saturday. You can't eat some stuff. You can't eat popcorn, cake, candy, whatever it is you like. doesn't mean that you do that, but you can do that and enjoy it. And I, I encourage you to do that. But when you get my age, you'll stop. One day is payday. The flesh lives to, uh, to please itself. The spirit, on the other hand, lives to please God. And we get benefits from pleasing God uh, because it's good and it's blessed and it's redemptive because we enter into a realm that's different than the realm of the flesh, and that is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is a realm that we can move in if we want to. It's just not a scripture. It's just not a good sermon that somebody's preaching. It is something that is available to you now as a believer in Jesus Christ. The flesh pleases itself. Let me give you a couple examples. This could be anybody. Now, this is if they're honest. (laughs) Not everybody's honest. Are you honest? Yes, I'll be honest. I have to be right all of the time. None of you, of course. None of you. There are people that have to be right all of the time. Well, that really doesn't stack up. Do you mind just kind of admitting that you're wrong? I, you know, it's not really me. It's, it's kind of, we'll call it a perspective because you have a perspective on something and I have a perspective on something and I tend to think that my perspective is right. Yeah, but you're wrong. We've got 13 people here that say you're wrong, by the way. 13 perspectives, brother. That's all it is. <laughs> The flesh just kind of, maybe that's family systems. Maybe you saw that in your mom or your dad or something. You always have to be right. Or, or um, it's not my fault. It's theirs. Not taking responsibility. I don't want to take responsibility. Take responsibility. I don't need to take responsibility because it's not my fault. When it becomes my fault, I'll take responsibility. Has it ever been your fault? No, not yet. But I'll, perhaps one day it will be. Can you spell narcissism? Excuse me, I don't do, I'm sorry. There's some people, I've counseled thousands of married couples, and some people uh, just have a problem saying I'm sorry. I'm thinking of one when he says, they've been married, they would have been married for, oh, this would have been then 42, 43 years at the time. And they come in, they were in bad shape. She never says she's sorry. I always have to acquiesce to her. Well, how come you never say you're sorry? Well, because I'm never wrong. So if I'm never wrong, what I do? He does that. And he does that thing, which causes me to do this thing. Therefore, it's not my problem. It's his. Because he called me. He calls me to do this. I raised my voice and I screamed. And yes, and I threw something at him. Yes, I did that. Yes, I heard him. Okay, he got six stitches. No big deal. But what happened was he said that, which made me do that. And therefore, it wasn't my fault. That is totally blind deception. I stretch the truth, but so what? God forgives. I got my fire insurance taken care of. No show of hands. I don't want anybody to do that. You ever stretch the truth? You ever told a lie? In your head, you better be saying yes. Yeah, we, we all have, you know, it's, it's stuff that goes on in life. I see and I do things that I shouldn't see or do. I'm involved in things sometimes that I should not be involved in. 
and I get really convicted and self, I just beat myself up. I think of me before I think of others. Humility is not necessarily a word that someone would describe me as. <laughs> I'm very humble. I walk in a humble way, and I want you to know it, please. And while you're at it, could you tell some other people so that wherever I go, they could call me Humble Fred? I'm humble. The flesh profits nothing. And you, what you don't realize is on the other side, people are going, no, you don't. You got problems. I don't know. You got problems. We all have problems. God has come for problem people. God has come to set problem people free. Please turn to the person next to you and say, You got problems. Now return the favor to the person, would you please? Return it right to the other person. You got problems too. You got problems. I got problems. All God's people got problems. We all got problems. The spirit, listen here, the spirit is the moral, the psychological, and the spiritual safeguard that leads us by the hand, literally leads us by the hand into the presence of God, which gives us peace and safety as we walk with him. He literally leads us and takes us someplace. Chapter 5, verses 19 and through 21, it talks about all those self-indulgent things and, and all of the you know, sexually perverted things, but other things as well. Uh, but um, there's more. It's not limited to just those alone. We'll talk about that in a moment. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you don't do whatever you want to do. Do you really want to do anything you want? If God said do everything in the world you wanted to do, no problem. Would you do it? I'm thinking of young men and women right now, good young men and women, who went to Christian school, did great things, were raised in wonderful families. Not perfect, but wonderful. And they did anything they want to do, and some of them are dead, and some of them are addicts. Some of them are on methadone treatments. Some of them or in jail. Some of them are imprisoned completely because they did everything they wanted to do. You might be thinking, well, that's, that's just an overkill. It is an overkill. That's like, that's the worst. But when you want to do anything and everything you want to do, you're eliminating other people. And you're taking them for granted and you're not considering them before you're considering, you're not considering what they have. Instead, you're considering yourself. And that isn't the heart of God. That isn't what God wants us to do. We're in conflict. And it's meant to be in conflict because some bad stuff happened. Uh, there, is a, um, there is a disagreement. There is a clash. There is even war between the two, flesh and the spirit, because of the fall of man. Uh, Genesis 3, 7. Then their eyes were open and they knew they were naked. I've told you before. That was it. In that moment, sin was conceived. It's designed to be that way as a result of the fall of man. We are suffering from what Adam and Eve did. We're lucky we're alive. We're lucky we're alive. God didn't have to do it. He didn't have to provide an escape hatch for each one. How many know what an escape hatch is? That's when I don't have to do my test. <laughs> an escape hatch 
on a, on a, on a space capsule or uh, the space shuttle or something. An escape hatch is just that, a hatch that releases a person from dire danger. God didn't have to provide an escape hatch, and that escape hatch is Jesus. He didn't have to do it. Not at all. He could have said, look what you two did, and from here on, every child and their children, their children's children, everyone that lives, then you can all just go to hell. I don't have to do it because you disobeyed me. We could have died in our sin and probably should have died in our sin. But listen, here's the thing. But love broke through. Can you say that? Love broke through. Love broke through. And it gave us God's beautiful Holy Spirit. He gave this to us with all of his godly provision for power. Like a foolish dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky all my hopes would come tumbling down and i never knew just why until today when you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes well i've been blind all these wasted years and i thought i was so wise but then you took me by surprise Keith Green was an amazing young man of God, um, went too soon, uh, was saved in the Jesus People movement, like my wife and I and some others were, uh, Brother Guy and others. Um, fell in, he was a Jew, married a Jew, his wife, and he knew what love was all about, very mission-oriented. Love broke through. Listen. If it wasn't for love, none of us would be here, even to be able to partake of the Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says this. And hope does not put us to shame because God, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given for us. It's love that has given us the Holy Spirit to be able to walk in the places of God that we would not otherwise have been able to walk through had it not been for God's great love. Through his son, Jesus went up and the Holy Spirit came down. So the flesh clashes with the Spirit, but love paves the way, young men and women, to overcome the battle. Hope isn't 
The enemy wants to put us in shame for the things that we do. Thinking somehow there's not an escape hatch. That's not a license to keep doing it, but somehow the enemy wants us to live in, in our waller when indeed God has given us the ability to walk in the spirits. We don't always get it right, but we can get it more right as we go on in life. Um, six times between Galatians chapter 5 and 6 it mentions living in the spirit. I want to share four of those with you if I could very quickly. Four of those. Chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Literally means, if you look at that, it literally means treading all around where the spirit is. Treading it. Um, uh, walking and taking possession of something. Walk in the spirit. You're in a different realm. You're in the realm of the flesh. I know that. But he's saying you can walk and you can tread. And wherever you tread, I'm there. And I can be there. And I can be there for you. You just need to listen and you need to understand that I'm there for you. The kingdom of God, living in the spirit, moving or transporting or I would even say deporting. Deporting yourself from this earthly realm into the spirit realm. Now I'm not just trying to get all weird and funky and everything. I'm telling you, we can live in the spirit realm. If I had to live in the realm of the flesh all of my life and go through the pain that this world gives me, on a daily basis sometimes, or you, think of that. If there wasn't an escape hatch somehow that you could tap into that provides for you the peace and the solace and the person and the hope that God gives us through Jesus in the cross. This is the message, not only for us, this school thrives and lives off of it. That's the reason we exist. That's the reason these doors continue to stay open, even when there are... People throughout the years have said, you're down the tubes. You're not going to be here next year. Things aren't going to happen. Surprise. <laughs> here we are and here are you and next year we'll have more. Amen. There's a reason that in Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24 that it says that Caleb had a different spirit. Caleb had a different spirit, and he looks out, and he's looking at this land that's flowing with milk and honey, and it's their land. God said, I'm going to give this land to you, just like God's saying, I'm going to give you all of the good things that have been purposed for you and God. Have access to the things that God wants us to have access to. And then he tells me, he comes back, and he goes, okay, guys, uh, oh, it's all there, the milk and the honey, and everything's there. It's just a wonderful land. It's exactly the way God said it. they got these Amalekites and these Canaanites there, and they're, they're there. They're some pretty tough people. Uh, they're possessing it. Hey, but we're going to take it. And so the people basically said, well, you know, if they're there, if they're taking possession of it, I mean, who are we to undo it? You know, we take it, Caleb, and we go in the land, but we got somebody that's occupying it. And if somebody else is occupying it, then how can we take over so you go home, you're home, you have it, you paid for it, maybe it's owned by the bank for a while, but still, it's yours, you own everything in it, it's all your possessions, all your good stuff, everything's there, you come home, and somebody's sitting in your rocker with their feet up, eating your clothes, watching television. You don't know who they are, they're just sitting there, and they come, oh, how you doing? And they're just eating it up, they've taken possession of your house. What are you going to say? Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry, I make payments here, but I guess I'm going to have to get another house and make payments there too. Please excuse me. I don't mean to bother you. Could you do the dishes when you're done? That's all I'm asking as you walk out. What are you going to say? You're going to, excuse me, who are you? 
would you get out of here? I mean, this is my house. Well, no, it's my house now. Are you just going to give it to him? Are you going to have something to say about that? How many here have a temper? Oh, come on. How many here, how many here have a temper and have had a temper? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, I didn't even look over here. <laughs> that was a staff. Did any of them lift their hands? <laughs> My wife, there you go. My wife says, I got a temper sometimes, but it's because of you. Amen. What does the enemy have that God promised you and you're letting him take it from you? Every good and perfect thing that God has given us is for you. It's in the realm of the spirit and in the kingdom of God. And if the enemy takes it and somehow you flipped or you tripped or you made a mistake, you do something and you say, well, this is just the way it is. I can't regain it. That's the lie. You can do all things through him who strengthens you. And Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 says, what? With man, what? But with God, what? Some things, a few things. All things are possible. There's nothing that's not possible within the realm of all that God has purposed for you. The word spirit means here, and you're looking at, you're looking at um, Caleb and the word literally means, when he says different, it, look, it's perspective. Caleb had a different perspective on things. Those people said, Don't, you know, they're just big guys. Forget it. We're not going to go in. Caleb said, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I get a different perspective on all of this. Remember what God said? I enter into the spirit, this realm that God's speaking. He had a different disposition. Well, you know, we're just, uh, we're, let's just... Uh, we don't want to get in trouble with them because they've been known to kill people. And so we, he had a different disposition. He had a different temperament. And, and he said, look, we, you can't be timid in everything that you're doing here. He had a different uh, region of expansion. Well, you know, I think I told you the little, the, the, you know, the bear that they got and, and he was, you know, in, in a fire, and they brought him in a little cage, and he was pretty good. He had enough room, and he grew up, and he was walking this way, that way. And as he was growing up, the cage was becoming smaller and smaller, and all he did was walk one way and the other way. They were trying to build a facility for him. And finally, the bear became too big for his cage. He would only now go about two steps forward, two steps backwards, two steps to the right, two steps to the left. And he did that for months and months until finally his facilities was over. They built him bigger facilities to let him out. And he got inside of the uh, new facilities, which is vast. And all he did was take two steps forward, two steps backward, two steps to the left, and two steps to the right. Because he was used to that region. That's all I got here. I'm used to it. God has given us miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of region. And the only person that can take it from you is the enemy. John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy you know, Jesus made that statement. What else did he say right behind it? So please go ahead and belt it out. But I've come that you might what? And what? Bada bing, bada boom. He didn't just say, I've come that you might have life. He didn't stop. I've come that you might have life. And life more abundantly. A, a, a large region. An expansion of the kingdom of God in the spirits. We are limitless. 
against the enemy. The enemy is powerful, and you know he is. But he is not all powerful. And he's mighty, and he's not almighty, and the one that you serve is all powerful, and he's almighty, and he's the one that gives that life. You have victory in Christ. And don't think that you don't. Caleb, he walked, he saw, he felt, he believed in a different realm. Number two, led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Chapter 5, verse 18. This literally means uh, being led, holding on to something, and that's something bringing you into uh, a specific destination. Say, say this, uh, it, it literally means uh, you go over and, and, and you... If you're given into the Spirit, the Spirit will then lead you to a place. Say, this is the place where we need to be. Honey, come here. Oh, no, no, stay right there. I come over on the Holy Spirit. Not really. The Holy Spirit says, put all this stuff down for a minute. He says, come with me. And I'm pulling you, and I'm leading you. I know you don't like this. You'd rather have a series of paper cuts, wouldn't you? Okay. (laughs) And so he leads you to this place, this destination, this glorious place that you were destined to get a hug. All right, there you go. Thank you, babe. So the Holy Spirit, I just wanted a hug. If I can do that in the middle of a service, it's fine with me. I get paid to do that stuff. That's wonderful. So in, in a service like that, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit leads us to a place of destination if that's what we want. I'm struggling, I'm doing, oh, God's things are, God, oh, God, that's the time to speak in tongues. And we were, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, and we're people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And you go, well, I don't know, I've never really spoken in tongues. I'm kind of timid. I don't know how to do that. What's the person, can you give me a book and maybe I can, you know, kind of memorize the words to that? There's no memorizing the words of speaking in the Spirit. It just happens. How many, how many during a foundation week was filled with the Spirit and moved in the Spirit? There was a number of you. Oh, there you go, okay. Some of you, some of you are still timid. Well, I did, but if I say I didn't, you're going to expect me to do it again. And therefore, I don't want to do that. You pray in the spirits. And when you pray in the spirit, you enter in to that, to that spirit realm, that kingdom of God. And it does away and it counters out what the enemy is trying to do in you. At least in that moment. I tell people, I said, if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, and you know you shouldn't be doing it, I dare you to speak in tongues and see if you can continue to do it. Well, I don't know when to do that. Why? Because I want to do it? Yes, that's it. We've all been there. We've all been there. He leads us to the place where we need to be. Making ourselves available in that realm of the Spirit. John chapter 3 verse 8 says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound of it? But you can't tell where it's coming from. You don't know where it's coming from. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit of God. You enter into that realm. There's Christian schools right now, large Christian schools, and I'm thinking of them. I'm thinking of some people that I know. There's large Christian schools that have two sides to them. There's Christians that really serve in the Lord and others that kind of serve the Lord, but they're kind of doing their own thing, get involved in stuff they shouldn't get involved in. And then the kids who really don't want to get involved with that say, no, I don't think I better do that. It's just really not good for me. I don't think. And then they give them the business because they're going, oh, you know, you really shouldn't do that. See, the people that don't want to do that are going, I'm, I just, I, they're tapping into the spirit's realm. And they're going, I don't see the Holy Spirit says I really shouldn't be doing that. And I choose to tap into the spirit because I know my flesh is weak. And if my flesh is weak, it'll give into all kinds of things. It's a realm that we have access to at any single time in our lives. 
You reach out and you grab the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's in us. It has surrounded us. It's everywhere. It's in the realm of the kingdom of God. And we, each and every one of us, have access to the kingdom of God. An example real quick. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You see, there was a place of destination that God was taking Christ to be tempted so that he can stand against all of that, so that he might be the the redeeming king and having not sinned. There was a place the Holy Spirit led him into, and as a result of what he went through and what he had victory over, we benefit from today. It was a destination that he took him into. Uh, Number three, live by the Spirit. Chapter 5, verse 25. Living by the Spirit is, is taking in the breath of God, actually, if you look at that in the original language. And it speaks of, of kingdom blessings, and it speaks of his love, his, his li- our lives. All of what God has for us in our lives in terms of living by the Spirit. Moving us to a place that is more victorious than we've ever known before. Living by the Spirit isn't always easy. Sometimes it's kind of difficult. Uh, let me give you an example, if I could, real quick. Acts chapter 22 and, pardon me, 21 and verse 11. Uh, we have it up there. Agabus. Now, they're talking to Paul, and they're going, Paul, don't do this, because you're going to go into Jerusalem, and they're going to kill you. They're at least going to arrest you. We don't know what they're going to do. Do not do this. Do not do this. We love you, Paul. And Paul says to them, and then they, they, they take Paul's belt, and they tie his hands and his feet, and they said, the Holy Spirit says. Now, notice the Holy Spirit didn't say you don't go. It's just saying the Holy Spirit saying, this is what's going to happen to you if you go in there. The Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind you, bind the owner of this belt, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Now, what happened was this. That began Paul's imprisonment. And he began to, as a, and, he can, and he continued on because he listened to the Spirit of God. He went anyway. He said, don't break my heart. I've got to do this. I've got to go in. But the, return, the eternal rewards what Paul did all the way in prison, all the way into the prison epistles that, that Paul wrote, they all benefit us today. It was a destination that God was calling him into. And the last one is this. Chapter 5, verse 25. Keep in step with the Spirit. I could expound more on each one of these, but I don't have the time. Keep in step with the Spirit. Step, keep in step. How many have good... Uh, um, coordination yeah we're not we're not we're non-committal today aren't we non-committal how many uh how many do not have good coordination zach i want you up here uh who does not have good coordination lucy you come up here too she's lucy to me i mean she's in a new play uh how many uh uh, how many, give me uh, another person who does not have good court. Come on, it's no big deal. Come on, bro, come on up here. And then uh, give me three, that's three, give me three people who have really good coordination. Come on, CC. here we go in the back. Come on up here. Sis, back here. Anybody, and we got here. Okay. Now here's what I want you to, I want you to, just come here for a second. Hello, I see you in church sometimes. You stay here, you come here, uh, this way. There you go. Come on over here, Zach, right next to her. Yeah. Come on. Now, give, give, me the, give me the people who are, uh, you're good with coordination, right? You mean like dancing? Like, you know, you can actually, <laughs> like walking without falling down. 
Okay. Okay. She got uh, non-communicate. You, you're not too good at it. Stick right here. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Here over here. Facing this way. Facing this way. Here we go. Face this way. We're going this way. And we're here. We go. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to get a little military here today. I didn't say militant. I said military. Here's what I want you to do. Look at here. You're going to go. You're going to go left, right, left, right, and lead with left. Okay. All right. So you're going to go. Look at me. Left, right, left, right, and walk. Okay, hold on. Go back. It's left, right once, left, right twice, and lead with left. Okay? Ready? You got it down? Left, right, left, right, and lead. This one, right? Okay, let's go back here. <laughs> Same thing. Turn around real quick. Here we go. Uh, we're gonna, actually going to walk. We're gonna, you're going to do that until you, until you meet me. Ready? Okay. Left, right, left, right, and walk. Now turn around and do the same thing. Come this way. And walk. Left, right, left, right, and walk. Here we go. And walk. That is absolutely miserable. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Why did I say that? Because when we are out of step with God, and we are, that's good. When you're out of step with the Holy Spirit, you kind of look like this as you're kind of walking around, and, and you're out of step. Now, here's the difference. When you're, I know my Brother Harry was in the Air Force. I was in the Air Force. Anybody else in the military? Oh, that's right. Uh, Dick was in the Navy. Anybody else? So, let me tell you, well, you saw what they did. They were a little out of step, huh? Nice people. Love God. But they were out of step, right? Because you have to follow a leader somehow, and then you have to be in step, and that's something you need to be trained by. Here's somebody that's in step. Were they a little better than the other guys here? Not that that was bad. They're in step. We must be in step with God. We'll be challenged to do this. Stand to your feet. We'll be, I'm not going to have you march. Don't worry. <laughs> Stand to your feet. God wants us to know that the realm of the Holy Spirit that we are to live in is, is something we need to get used to and then also gain access to. Like, you know, I didn't know how to step and do all that stuff, you know. I have a beat to me, but I didn't know how to do it. When I got in the service, they told me how to do that. And so when you're serving the Lord and the enemy tries to attack you in multiple, multiple ways, you realize, wait a minute, I have access to the Holy Spirit. And I have access to where God wants me to be. And you move in cadence and you begin to walk in the Spirit because he has given us all that we need if we want to tap into that. Amen? We have access. You have access to it today. You have access when you, you, uh, you take your tests. You have access in every area of your life. So walking in the Spirit is something you've been designed to do and to live in. It's accessible to you, not three hours a day, 
but 24 hours a day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, until you close your eyes in death. Amen? How many want to walk in that? You want to walk in that? If you don't walk in it, raise your hand as I pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you that there is nothing that you have not provided for us that you do not want us to have. There's nothing that you want us to have that you won't lead us into, God. Your Holy Spirit is built and exists as a result of, Lord Jesus, you ascending to the Father, and now you sending this great, powerful force of good that leads and guides and directs us to you. And in you, God, the Scripture says, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And everybody said, amen. Blessings to you. Have a wonderful lunch.